My mama told me something when I was growing up that has forever changed my life. She played the piano at our little church at 3rd and Pine Street for 37 years. She tried to teach me to play the piano, <laughs> but I wasn't very good. She would teach me the names of the notes, what a major key is, what a minor key is. She tried to teach me musical theory, but I was just bored. Then, one day, she told me that the best news in the world is found by playing a simple scale on the piano. I had no idea what she meant, so she told me to play an eight-note scale. So I did. I said, how is that good news? And she said I played it incorrectly and that I needed to play it the other way. So I did. Again, I said, how is that good news? And she said, I played it the right way, but I needed to add the pauses. The pauses? She said, the pauses. Add them on the first, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, and last note. Now, I was frustrated and said, how can eight notes with random pauses be the best news in the world? Then I got up, walked away, and went outside. Frankly, I didn't care what she was talking about. I didn't like playing the piano anyway. Well, years later, my mama got sick and passed away. As I was thinking about her, I remembered what she told me about the piano. Not only that, I still remember the notes she told me to pause. The first, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, and last note. So I sat down at her piano and played the scale with the pauses. And that's when I realized the good news she was talking about. That, um, that video reminds me a lot of my childhood. Not that I ever learned to play piano. I thought it was the coolest moment when it, when it started playing Joy to the World. Those of you who are musically inclined, like Mr. Quapis, when I showed him the video, the second he heard it, he said, Joy to the World. I'm like, well, okay, but for the rest of us, I was wowed. Um, I was, uh, this video reminded me of my childhood because um, I, like probably some of you, was not always the greatest listener to my parents and what they wanted to show me. Um, oftentimes when we are young, we, we miss what our mom and dad have to say. Um, and some of us, as we get older, wish that we had more time to have listened to some of those words that they had to say. Um, I find that as I get older, that seems to be more the case with me. I bring that up today because Christmas is one of those days that, that comes around every year and, and Christmas Eve is kind of the night where we gather together and we, we sing these songs and we have this excited moment. We sit with family and we, we enjoy the joy of the moment. We enjoy the joy of, of the Christmas 
moment, right? We're singing Silent Night. We're sitting with family and friends. We sing Joy to the World. We, we have these, this awesome kind of exciting moment. And, and sometimes in that exciting moment, we can miss what Christmas is about. We can miss what Christmas is really pointing us to. I had a, a, somebody say this morning to me, actually, you know, Christmas Eve is that joy-filled time, but Christmas morning is the moment I stop and really start to focus on what does this all mean? And our gospel lesson said something that, I, that struck me this week. It said, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. I think you and I sometimes, we, we fail to listen. We fail to hear what God has came, came to do. God just didn't just come to be a baby and something to, to get presents to each other. God came for a very specific purpose. And that purpose was to go to the cross. That this morning when we, when we think about that baby in the manger, we also should be thinking about what that's going to mean. That baby would grow up, he would live, and he would go the way of the cross. And my alma mater, one of the things that they do now um, is after Christmas, um, right here in a, near Epiphany, they take their Christmas tree that's outside of the Chapel of the Holy Trinity and they cut it in pieces. They cut all the greens off, lay that down, they cut the tree in half, and they make a cross. And they leave it out there for all of Lent all the way till Easter. As a reminder for the students there that this, this Christmas tree, this moment of great joy, was also going to be a moment of great suffering for you and for me. And that's what Christmas really points us to. That moment that God came to be with us so that he could live for us, he could die for us, and he could rise again for us. So I have a story I want to read. I, one of my favorite traditions, um, since they let me preach on Christmas Day, because I always volunteer, is, um, is to read a children's story. I'm going to invite any children who'd like to come forward so you can see the pictures, because I always think it's more interesting with the pictures, uh, to come forward, sit up here with me. Uh, we're going to read a children's story this morning that I think is going to make my point a little bit. Ella's going to come up here. If anybody else wants to join me, you're welcome to do that. I guess if an adult wants to sit on the floor, they're welcome to do that too, but never gotten one to come up here yet. Come on, take a seat. This story is called The Tale of the Three Trees. It's one of my favorite stories to read at Christmas. It's coming. Awesome. Once upon a mountaintop, three little trees stood and dreamed of what they wanted to become when they grew up. See my trees. The first little tree looked up at the stars twinkling like diamonds above him. I want to hold treasure, he said. I want to be covered with gold and filled with stones. I want to be the most beautiful in the world. 
The second little tree looked out at the small stream trickling by on its way to the ocean. I want to be a strong sailing ship, he said. I want to travel mighty waters and carry powerful kings. I will be the strongest ship in the world. The third little tree looked down into the valley below where busy men and busy women worked in a busy town. I don't want to leave this mountaintop at all, she said. I want to grow so tall that when people stop to look at me, they will raise their eyes to heaven and think of God. I will be the tallest tree in the world. Years passed, the rains came, the sun shone, and the little trees grew tall. One day, three woodclutters climbed the mountain. The first woodcutter looked at the first tree and said, This tree is beautiful. It is perfect for me. The first tree fell. Now I shall be made into a beautiful chest, thought the first tree. I shall hold wonderful treasure. The second woodcutter looked at the second tree and said, This tree is strong. It is perfect for me. With a swoop of his shining axe, the second tree fell. Now I shall sail mighty waters, thought the second tree. I shall be a strong ship fit for kings. The third tree felt her heart sink when the last woodcutter looked her way. She stood straight and tall and pointed bravely to heaven. But the woodcutter never even looked up. Any kind of tree will do for me, he muttered. With a swoop of his shining axe, the tree fell. The first tree rejoiced when the woodcutter brought him to a carpenter's shop. But the busy carpenter was not thinking about treasure chest. Instead, his work-worn hands fashioned the tree into a feed box for animals. The once beautiful tree was not covered with treasure. He was coated with sawdust and filled with hay for hungry farm animals. The second tree smiled when the woodcutter took him to a shipyard. But no mighty sailing ships were being made that day. Instead, the one strong tree was hammered and sawed into a simple fishing boat, too small and too weak to sail an ocean or even a river. He was taken to a little lake. Every day, he fish. The woodcutter cut her into strong beams and left her in a lumberyard. What happened? The once tall tree wondered. All I ever wanted to do was stay on the mountaintop and point to God. Many, many days and nights passed. The tree trees nearly forgot their dreams. But one night, golden starlight poured over the first tree as a young woman placed her newborn baby in a feed box. I wish I could make a for him, her husband whispered. The mother squeezed his hand and smiled as the starlet shone on the smooth. The manger is beautiful, he said. Knew he was holding the greatest treasure in the world. The traveler and his friends crowded into the old fishing boat. The traveler fell asleep at the second tree, quietly sailed out into the lake. Soon a thundering and thrashing storm arose. The little tree shuddered. He knew he did not have the strength to carry so many passengers safely through the wind and rain. The tired man awakened. He stood up, stretched out his hand, and said, Peace, 
The storm stopped as quickly as it had begun, and suddenly the second tree knew he was carrying the king of heaven and earth. One Friday morning, the third tree was startled when his beams were yanked from the forgotten woodpile. She flinched as she was carried through an angry, jeering crowd. She shuddered when shoulders nailed a man's hands to her. She felt ugly and harsh and cruel. But on Sunday morning when the sun rose and the earth trembled with joy beneath her, the third tree knew that God's love had changed everything. It had made the first tree beautiful. It had made the second tree strong. And every time people thought of the third tree, they would think of God. That was better than being the tallest tree in the world. I love this story, boys and girls, because it reminds us that Sometimes those things that maybe we don't even know, that we can't even see, that maybe we don't always understand, that God can do some awesome things with it, just like he did with Jesus. So we're going to do something, since you're already up here. You guys want to help me? It's, it's Jesus' birthday today. So the other thing I like to do on Jesus' birthday is I like to have cake. <laughs> you like cake too. All right, good. So I brought some cake. And, and Mr. Quapis has offered so, so greatly, he is shaking his head a little bit, but he has offered to play Happy Birthday. So we're going to sing Happy Birthday to Jesus. You guys ready to do that? All right, at the end, I'm going to let you blow out the candles because we can't see Jesus even though he's here. We're going to have you blow out the candles for him. You guys ready to do that? Yeah. Trying to spit on the cake because all these people have to eat the cake later. Okay? <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to bring the cake over. Jimmy, if you'd help light some candles, that would be helpful. Look at that, it's all lit. All right, so if you guys would stand up for me. Today, as, as we, um, we leave here, I, ho- I hope this time of reflection, this time as we continue um, our worship together, it's an opportunity for you to, to see our risen Lord Jesus, the one who came for us to die for us. And as we gather a little bit to take his body and blood as a reminder of that, of his coming to be with us, not just to be with us, but to live and die for us today. Join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, you are a God of great work. You do things that are unexpected. Lord, help us as we look at you, as we, may we be not just focused on little baby, but focus that you have come to be with us, to live for us, to die for us, and to rise again. And Lord, as your people, may we cling to that hope today. May we slow down enough in this moment to hear of your love and grace for us, your care for us. And may we always know, Lord, that your way was to the way of the cross for us, taking our place. We give you thanks, Lord, for this time together. In your name we pray. Amen.